All right, good evening and welcome to Lost in the Long Box. This is our first show of 2019. Um, I'm your host, Randall. I am also sick, so you're going to hear a lot of coughing and hacking, and Mad Men and Thomas are going to be doing a, a lot of the talking tonight as I try to relax my voice. And So apologize ahead of time for that, guys, but that's right. I am suffering for the show, so you guys get new content. See? Happy proud to have you, you here. Proud of you, bro. <laughs> Happy to have you here, Randy. That's how dedicated we are. Uh, so first off... <coughs> As there's one right there, see? You know, we should make that a drinking game. Every time Randy coughs, you drink. Nah. So, before we get going, uh, how was everyone's holidays? Hope everyone had a good Christmas and New Year's. Oh, fantastic, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Good times. Good times. And bear with me because I had my show notes up here, and there's a world of the difference between the minimize button and the X button. Guess which one I just hit? I'm going to go with the X button. You would be correct. So while we're at it, let's talk about some of the kind of news and noteworthy stuff that happened over the last couple weeks. Uh, I know I have a couple of things. Thomas, you got something? Madman, you got anything? Yeah, I have a little something. It's um, you know, it's comic book related, but not uh, completely comic book related. Awesome Con has released a new guest that'll be uh, showing up to sign autographs. I'm not much of an autograph person, but I might have to spring for this one. It is former world heavyweight champion, the man called Sting. Okay. So, okay. 6.32, we are two minutes into the show. You're fired. I can't believe you're excited about a wrestler's autograph. Of course I am. <laughs> Sting was a major part of my childhood. I watched all kinds of WCW and NWA wrestling back in the day. So, our wow. intern. I know you don't care because you're not a wrestling fan, but this is a big deal to me. It's Sting, man. Walker, as our intern, I'm giving you a task for 2019. I want you to tally how many times I fire Thomas through the year, okay? Well, uh, hopefully I can get fired more than one time <laughs> to show. One. <laughs> All right, so little piece of news I have. I don't know if anyone watched the Golden Globes. I know I didn't because I never watched those shows anymore. But I guess HBO did a sneak peek of their upcoming shows. Oh, they did? And they gave us a little taste of Watchmen. Huh? Not much, but just enough. That I think they said they, they showed Rorschach in it because I do remember seeing that. And I think there was some Dr. Manhattan in it as well. Yeah, okay. So... If you have HBO, there's something to look forward to. Watchmen coming on. I do not have HBO. I probably will not pick it up specifically for that show either. Yeah. It'll be one of those things where I'll just wait for disc and, you know, yeah, do that. Also, I, you know, I'm just going to praise this movie and, and sing its praises as long as I can. Aquaman has now topped the domestic box office for the third week. Now, this was as of last week, so I believe Bumblebee just took over last weekend. But... Uh, it is now the bo- worldwide box office as of time that I wrote this was nine hundred and forty million. So it's probably going to pass a billion this weekend if it hasn't already. Yeah, it, it may have already passed it. I mean, this is this yes. movie is steamrolling here. It's uh, it's actually DCEU's best film. It's even outperformed Wonder oh, Woman yeah. now. Oh yeah, and that's saying a lot because for a long Wonder time Woman, yeah. everybody was like Wonder Woman was the movie, man. That was the one that you know did it for DCEU. It has actually now broken the top fifty movie makers. You never makers. could have told me ten years ago that w- I know that, that Aquaman we would be this. of all movies that DC would yeah. get a hit with, Aquaman. I don't think anybody would have expected well, I mean, that. You know, Batman Begins and Dark Knight. I mean, I think that they were really good. I liked they them were a lot. Excellent I thought movies. they were, they were fantastic. But, but I don't think you can build a Justice League story around Batman. No, no, no. especially no. not those particular ones because you know yeah. Nolan was not wanting to use superpowers. Right. And if you watched them, I mean, nothing in that was superpowered. Yeah, right. So, you know, you couldn't really bring Superman or Aquaman or Green Lantern into that world because it was meant not meant to have superpowers. Right, right. So... But, so anyway, that's pretty good. Aquaman, yeah, great. fantastic, fantastic movie. I was glad I went to see it. I, I, I thought from the previews that I was going to like it. And I was not disappointed. So it was, it was one of the few movies where the previews built it up to the point that I think a lot of people who originally weren't going to see that movie saw the preview and went, you know what? I think that I've changed might be my good. mind. Yeah, I'm gonna go might see be good. That. Yeah, it, I think it probably is their best. Wonder Woman was great though. I, I yes. did enjoy Wonder Woman. I am looking forward to the sequel. So. so so I am going to tell all the listeners, if you haven't seen Aquaman, please go see it before it leaves the theater. If for no reason other than the fact that you want to see the city of Atlantis on big screen. Enough said. And I think part of it, too, is that, you know, Randy's a DC fanboy and he wants to see it beat, you know, Marvel movies. And Nicole Kidman is still hot. Oh, yes. Uh, What's up with that? I, I don't, well. It's that death becomes their thing. You make a deal. deal it's a lot with of plastic surgery, my brother. Well, so. She played Batman's girlfriend in, you know, in, in one of the Tim Burton Batman movies, and now yeah. she's playing Aquaman's yeah. mom. Right. 
Well, apparently uh, the director, James Wan, had to do some um, convincing of her to take that role, too. So Okay. She was great in it. I, yeah. I, yeah. But she was great in it. That I, I action sequence there in the first is oh, so yeah. good. Oh, yeah. I love that. But she, she's great in pretty much everything she does. She's a great actress. True. So. True. I, I personally still am in love with Amber Heard as Mara. Yeah. Yeah. Amber, Amber Heard was on a very short-lived show on NBC about uh, flight attendants, which I can't remember. But, yes, look it up. It's uh, IMDb. It. You'll, I'll you'll pass. Find. I'll pass on that. Um, so other news. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Is that actually the name of that movie? Or yes, is it, that whatever? is the name of it. Actually won a Golden Globe for Best Animated Movie. See, I haven't seen that. Is it good? I haven't seen I it haven't either. I haven't seen it either. I've been telling myself I should probably go see it. Yeah, I probably am not going to see that one in the theater, but I'm sure I will once it comes I, to streaming. I think I'll just wait for it to show up on disc or free preview weekend well, or something. Marvel animated stuff, I'm just not too keen to. Yeah, DC has always been king on yeah, the animated right. stuff as well, opposed to Marvel, but this, yeah, I mean, want to go? And you know, globe, I don't. You know? Yeah. Well, I, and that's the thing. I don't want to take away from the fact that it won an award. But let's be honest. Best animated feature. How much competition did it have? Maybe three other movies. Well, I know or, The Incredibles two was released this year. I, I didn't see it, but I mean the first one was fantastic, and I'm sure it probably got a lot of hype. I just always, I just always have a problem for animated movies winning Oscars or Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature when it's it's usually not that competitive a market to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I wanted to see the the movie because of Spider Ham. I'm not gonna lie. Right. Well, Spider Ham's in it. A lot a lot of people have seen it for Spider Ham. And on a personal note, because of that movie, and since Spider Gwen has gotten really hot, or I guess she's being called Ghost Spider now. I took my edge of Spider-Verse number two, which is the first appearance of Gwen Stacy, um, Spider-Gwen, which I bought at cover price and just flipped it on eBay for 144 Thank you. Cha-ching. There you go. Mercer. You got to love that. You got to love that. You know, it, and I don't know if you noticed, but Marvel Tales, spelled T-A-I-L-S, the first appearance oh, yeah, of Spider-Ham. That's, that's is, gone through the ceiling, It's gone too. through the ceiling. You know, it's a book that I've really wanted over the years, and now I'm going to really have to pay for it if I want it. Well, <laughs> should have moved on it sooner. Here's what you like. Yes, what, I should have. When I sold my Edge of Spider-Verse 2, I straight up in the eBay listing put, don't overpay for a, a book that's hot now that's going to cool off again in another six months. Right. I don't know if it's going to cool off, though. She's, you know, Spider-Gwen and Gwenpool and all that junk. It seems to be kind of popular, popular right yeah. now. I'm, well, it, it's not necessarily something for me, but I mean, people seem to like it. Right. And well, you pointed out, too, they're now going to do an all-female uh, version of the Spider-Verse movie. with like mm-hmm. so, And she's going to be in that, so that, that book is probably going to double the price that I sold it for, and then I'll be banging my head on my desk next week. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's a great thing that there's a lot of uh, women out there that like this kind of content. And so, and for years, it was like a mainly a masculine dominated exactly. well, it's not universe. A, it's not a bad thing. No, yeah. not at all. It's great that the, you know, more women but, and women are coming right. in and wanting but to I'm see not gonna, it. I'm, which is something I don't want to watch. I don't want to read of, which we'll be touching on that as we go into the show later on. Oh, okay. Um, Kevin Feige, Feige. What is that guy? I think it's Feige. Feige. Um, I found this was kind of interesting with the Fox and Disney deal getting close to completion. He stated that he expects to use the Fox acquired MCU characters within six months. Oh, wow. So that just tells me that once the deal started getting penned last year, they started writing up screenplays. I'm yeah. sure they have. I'm to. sure they did. Oh, they started shoehorning them into something. So there's something already been in the works long ago, and I would not be surprised if we don't see something drop by summer. Yeah, I want to see how they bring X-Men into the MCU because you know they're going to bring X-Men in. they got to bring X-Men in. I, I would much rather see how they bring Fantastic Four in. Oh, for well, God. Of course you would. <laughs> of course you would. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me the Fantastic Four, but I am an X-Men fan through and through. If they have any sense, they'll sit on the crappy properties like Fantastic Four. <sighs> Here we go. I, no, if done right, Fantastic Four can be great. Right, I mean, that's what I mean. It's like you need to get stay longer on a Fantastic Four script to get people to like a, a good Fantastic Four movie. Well, yeah. So you make, can rush an X-Men script. Right. You don't make Galactus a big purple cloud for one thing. Yes, oh, let's man, do right. Galactus right. I want the big monster with the huge yeah, With the gaudy hat. costume and the yep, big weird absolutely. horns off his head. We know that you just can do ridiculous. It. We know you can do it because you did it with Tyrion Lannister in Avengers. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, give, give, me, give me the right, give me the right Galactus. Also, um, and I was wondering how long it was going to take them to do this. DC Comics with last week's comics, and may have done it with this week as well. I haven't looked yet. Um, got their tribute to Stan Lee on the last page of their comic. Book. I saw that. That was uh, pretty classy stuff right there. And for those of you who didn't see it, it said from the distinguished competition, you know, with mm-hmm. all respect, 
And the reason it's so great, for those of you old enough to remember, Stan used to always refer to D.C. as the distinguished competition. Yep. So that was your way of saying, hey, we know that there was a friendly jive always going back and forth. And, you know, out of respect for you, we'll yeah. bow to you at this time. Well, and I mean, he, he was Stan Lee. You yeah. Know? I mean. Well, I mean. Yeah. If you love comic books, the, you know, the whole DC versus Marvel thing is just like Army versus Navy. Right, right, you right. Know? I mean, they all read, they, all those artists and writers, they bounced around from one title to another <coughs> within a, you know, within a publisher or you traded two publishers and stuff like that. They read each other's stuff. Oh, yeah, no right, doubt. Exactly. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, and they, they loved kept it. it they liked other. it. Yeah. So another piece of news, and this one I actually found personally um, appealing Apparently, Robert Kirkman addressed the, addressed the complaint that Walking Dead comics are repetitive. Yeah, so, no kidding. So, of uh, someone by the name of Danny DMC in issue 187 in the letters uh, wrote, there is only one plot in this book. He says, <laughs> he says, Rick and company meet another group of people, a fight ensues, Rick and company win, that's it. <laughs> Which a lot of us, and I myself have even said that, but... Kirkman actually replies on this, and bear with me, guys. I'm going to actually read this verbatim as Robert Kirkman addressed it. He says, I've heard, I've heard the old man TWD just recycles the same story over and over again, complaint many times. And if you're not into the book anymore, that's fine. Stop. I completely understand. Some people aren't up for the long haul. But meeting new groups and getting into new conflicts with them is every continuing story. It's every TV show. New enemies, new antagonists, new conflicts, and each of these conflicts are different in some way and result in characters learning new things and growing in new ways. And I'm only, I'm only reading part of what he said there, but I, for a couple years now, have said, okay, does this book ever change? Because it's always like, here's a new big bad. They go to war. They beat them. You get maybe two or three issues of things are being nice and neat, and then here comes the new big bad. Um, in fact, the TV show has actually caught up to the point where I quit reading was literally... As they defeated Negan, the Whisperer showed up. And I mean, it's literally within the, probably the, the same issue or maybe a couple of leaders. All of a sudden, here's the Whisperers. I, I didn't really read The Walking Dead. I, I read some of it in the beginning. I, I really couldn't get into it. My wife really likes the TV show. I don't like it. She asked me why. And what you just said there yeah. is exactly why I don't like it. Because it's yeah. it doesn't change. I mean, do they, ha they, they do have some good character development. I will say that. But, I mean, it's pretty much we have this safe place that we want to live. These people want to kill us and take our safe place. So we fight them. We beat them. Right. And then recycle. Yeah. Or, you know, you get, a, you get a couple episodes where we're here. We need to get over there. There's a bunch of zombies in our way. How do we do it? Mm -hmm. So it, it, just, it, it just got, like you said, it was repetitive to me. And I was right. just like, I, I don't I want mean, to watch I this anymore. Man, that genre has been played out for so long. I mean, and, you know, in, in their defense, though, there's only so much you can do in a post-apocalyptic world filled with zombies yeah. and well, everything like that. I mean, it's only so far you can and do. And I would give you that, but here's the problem. All we've ever seen in this series, at least from my, from my viewpoint, because I think I've read the first 12 hardcovers, is all we've ever seen is the U.S. and really just the East Coast of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is the rest of the world not infected by zombies? Is it just the U.S.? What about Europe? And... So I don't know about that, but I think in the TV show, I think doesn't Fear the Walking Dead take place on the West Coast? Uh, Fear the Walking Dead takes place at the beginning of the outbreak, mm -hmm. and I couldn't get past the first season. I didn't even watch that, but I I I thought it was supposed to take place on the West Coast. It, it does. It's, it's out when it starts in California, but unfortunately, that first season was so badly acted and written, I just couldn't do it. So at least in the in the in the movie world, it is worldwide. So. Right. Or at least U.S. wide. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the Canadians were immune, eh? Eh? <laughs> so that's the news items I found particularly interesting over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you guys got anything? I know Sting! you. No, not any news. He I know. said he's worried about staying. That's right. I know. Fire him again. It's not no, up to me. he's already. But I'm going to limit myself to one firing per show. Yeah, we'll see about that. How many how many episodes are we doing this year? Fifty two. It, it might be fifty two firings by the time it we're done. Be, we'll see. <laughs> All right. So, twenty eighteen. What was good about twenty eighteen? What did we like? Let's start with the movies first. What do you got? I was pleasantly surprised with Venom. I was not expecting to like that movie at all. I thought it was going to be a dumpster fire. I did not like the. Uh, the you know anything about the previews or anything like that at all, and I was 
I was impressed. I, I really enjoyed it. That was, it was, you know, a pleasant surprise. I, I will give props to Venom. That was, like you said, not the disaster I expected it to be. Uh, again, Hollywood, learn from advertising because I can tell you every comic book fan in America thought that movie was going to tank. And, and I didn't a, even go see it. And at least half of us turned around and went, you know what? That wasn't horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember sitting there watching it in the theater with, with you guys. And, um, you know, not you, of course, Madman, because yeah. like you said, you didn't go see it. But Randy and everybody else that we went with thinking, okay, well, when is this movie going to start to suck? And it <laughs> uh, never did. The most telling part about that movie is when we came out, and, and EK knows this. We were all sitting in the lobby, and it was a stunned silence because we were waiting for someone to first say it. And then finally right. someone said, okay, I'll say it. I liked it. And we're all like, right? <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that. That was that was a pleasant surprise, a very pleasant surprise, I must say. Yep. Uh, one of the ones I would give props to, of course, we've already mentioned, was Aquaman. Aquaman, yeah. Aquaman, I mean, no doubt. That's the I, highlight, I think. I'm going to go see that again. Probably won't be this weekend because I have work things coming up. But the weekend after, I'm pretty certain I'm going. I probably won't see it a second time in the theater, but it was yeah, fantastic. I won't watch it twice in the theater. It was fantastic. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Madman, what do you got movie-wise that you think just really did it this year? I mean, Aquaman is hands down. Uh, what else came out You're this not going to give any love to Avengers Infinity War? Uh, I think it's a tricky. It's tricky to uh, to call that one really good because it le- it leaves you on a down ending. You know, it's like it's like The Empire Strikes Back just came out and you said, "Damn, it's really good," but whoa, I don't know what to feel about at the about the end. <laughs> you know, you know. I like the end. I thought it was one of the best parts because it was you know so- it was something that actually happened in the comic book. You right. Know, Thanos yeah. retiring to that you know farm on another planet. Right. But Madman just brought up the perfect analogy. I walked out of that movie the same way I walked at Empire Strikes Back going, yeah. well, crap, now what? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen Return of the Jedi yet. You're right. And so, I mean, once I saw Return of the Jedi, I was like, oh, okay, I'm okay with loving Empire Strikes Back. Right. And so I'm afraid to love, you know, um, Infinity War until I see Endgame. Until you see how it gets resolved. Yeah. Yes. Well, and let's face it, Empire Strikes Back is one of the most universally loved Star Wars movies oh, out there easily. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, it, it definitely holds up. Well, I'm sure Infinity War will end up being hope the so. same way. I well, hope so. because Empire Strikes Back, let's face it, it's got that great scene that everyone remembers where she goes, I love you. And you're like, I know. I know. <laughs> and he gets frozen in carbonite. You're you know, like, well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't buy them, but um, when, when the, uh, the Force Awakens came out, I found a place online that that uh, had T-shirts. One had <coughs> Leia on it, and the other one had Han on it. I thought about getting them for my wife and I. And Leia said, "I love you," and Han said, "I know." And I thought very seriously about getting them for us for us to go watch that movie, and because it was funny. I can do you one better. My um, sister-in-law and her husband have T-shirts where she says, "His says, her says." Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? And he says, "I." His says, "I don't know, Margot." <laughs> I don't get that. Sound of National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. Great movie. Oh, all right. Yeah. The best part of that movie, though, is the squirrel jumping out of the tree. Right. So. so, all right. So, movies for 2018, that was really fantastic. Um, I only threw these two on here because even though I didn't see them, everybody and their brother is singing their praises. The Deadpool Tool and Black Panther. Uh didn't see Deadpool, had no desire to see it. I'm, you know, not a big Deadpool fan. Yeah, Deadpool um, didn't ring my bell. Did, yeah, I, I didn't anyway. I, I didn't, I, you know, I, I went to see Deadpool 1 with a group of people, and, you know, pretty much everyone I went with saw it. I wasn't overly impressed. I but, mean, as, as far as, you know, Ryan Reynolds' portrayal of the character, I thought he did a good job. Yeah, but, but I think the script was weak. Yeah, I, I didn't particularly care for the, for the first movie, so I wasn't going to go see the second one. Right. Now, Black Panther was fantastic. Yeah. That was, was that, that still was this year? That was this last year. Last year, I mean, 2018. That was last, last year. That, I want to say it came out in February, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. it came out very, early. Very yeah, early February. 2018. Very early 2018 because it came out before Infinity War. Oh, yeah, trust War. me. When I was taking a look at the movies for 2018 that said Black Panther, I was like, no, that was 2017. Yeah, like, it felt like two and years And I looked ago. up and I'm like, oh, okay, it was about, this year. Yeah. What or about the year. Thor Ragnarok? Was that last year or was that 17? Actually, I think Thor Ragnarok was, was last year. That was a good one. And um, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, was that last year or was that in 17? I want to say that's 2017. 2017. You guys uh, have I, computers in front of you. Th- those don't make my list of, of big movies for 2018. I'll tell you one that I am getting up for that I thought was, was excellent and I liked it much better than the sequel, or much better than the, the first one, was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. I, I thought that was a great movie. I did too. I really enjoyed it. I was surprised how much I liked it. I wasn't, you know, I liked the first one, but you know, it wasn't on my list of ones that I wanted to see. I saw it when it came out on video. Right. So, and it was good. I mean, it was decent, but well, it wasn't, you know. 
Well, I love the whole bit when his, uh, his uh, not replicator, regulator has gone on the fritz and he gets in the van and he's like half his size. Like, did you have a good day at school? Do you, you want a cheese stick and a juice box? And he's like, do you have those? <laughs> he's like, if you have them, I'll eat them. That's right. And he did like the, the after credit scene that, you know, tied into Infinity War with, you know, Right, the people exactly. disappearing. Explaining why he wasn't there. Why he wasn't there and everything. So that was good. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, when he goes into the quantum realm, he can't get back because when it pans back out to the to the actual regular-sized world, you see nothing but balls of dust where Janet Van Dyne and everybody's supposed to be. So, there you go. I just ruined the after scene for you. Go me. I'm glad they bought in... Um Michelle Pfeiffer to play Janet too. That's one of the things yes. that was that I, I was kind of disappointed in in the first one is that it you know was Hope and not Janet and yeah right. and it was you know Scott and not Hank you know right. you know my Ant Man and Wasp are Hank and Janet. Well, that's a... I mean, granted, yeah, you know, I'm not saying that you know the the Hope version and the Scott version were bad. I mean, like I said, it was a good movie, but you know right. that that that's my Ant Man and Wasp is is, is uh, Janet. Hank, and, yeah, Hank and Hank. All right, so, so we're going to touch on a couple of TV shows that I think just really did it for 2018. This one I'm kind of cheating because it premiered in the end of 2017, but it went into 2018. Um, you had to be, as it ended up a season. And I'm going to go with the first season of The Orville. Oh, yes, yes. I loved that show. I, do, I still do. I'm glad it's back. I've been, I greatly enjoyed yes, it. It's up to ep- episode two. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen episode two, oh my, I haven't seen any of it. Oh my god, it's such a heavy episode. Yeah, if you can, I have not seen episode two yet. I saw the it's, first one. It, it looks like they're see. It kind of felt like they're going in a little bit different direction with this season I, than they did the first one. I can one. tell you, it still has some of the comedy touches, but it seems like it's going to try to be gets, a little more serious. It gets a little heavy on that second episode. I'm yeah. not going to spoil it for you, but you'll have to text me after you watch it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's probably still going to be good, but it seemed like it was a lot more lighthearted and comedic let, in let the first one. Let me put it this one. way. Uh, another friend of ours that uh, Madman and I know, Tom, who's usually here on our game night, I know he's watching the Orville, and when I watched episode two, I almost texted him going, oh, my God, dude, have you seen the Orville? <laughs> you know, I had high hopes for Star Trek Discovery, and I only watched like a few episodes of it. So this might be my new you know, outer space sci-fi well, TV show of choice. And I was actually going to uh, list Star Trek Discovery, but ironically... There's a lot of people who are saying that they would rather watch the Orville than Star Trek Discovery because a it's free, and b they just think it's a better Star Trek than Discovery. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I think it's more Star Trek than you know Discovery. It seems that way anyway. <laughs> more I mean, Star Trek than Star Trek. Yeah, Why? it's kind of out Star Trekking Star Trek. You know, and and I know Madman will approve of this one. Let's give it up for the CW shows. Yeah, all it's still out there, just setting the bar high for what TV should be. Absolutely. Um, I have not started watching uh, Flash yet. I have watched several episodes of Supergirl. I have to say, you know, bring back Wynn, get rid of Brainiac. I just, I just started catching up on Flash. Uh, actually, last night, and I got to season or episode one of the new season, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, they just screwed up the timeline again. <laughs> Damn it, Barry! That's, all, well, that's no, all that Flash does. This man. time, it's not Barry's fault. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's why I don't like the speedsters, man. You can't it, trust them. It is another speedster, but it's not Barry's fault. It has to be time. a speedster. <laughs> well, it's got to be a speedster. Whenever anything happens like that, it's a speedster's fault. Right. If exactly. I lived in that world, I'd be it's like, no, we need to find a way to put an end to the speed force. That's right. The speed force. <laughs> All right. It's just so, a little shifty. <laughs> let's get to some of the comics of 2018 that were really, I don't want to say groundbreaking, but to me, I thought we were really good. By the way, listeners, when I make this list and when we're making these things of the best of 2018, I don't like saying the best of or the worst of. I like saying the stuff that made impressions on us. Right. Because... If I really liked it, you may not have. Or if I'm saying something was a steaming pile of poo, you might be out there going, oh, but I love that. So we're going to avoid trying to say best of and worst of and just say what did... I really liked it. What impressed us and what did we kind of just go meh on. Yeah, just remember, these are only our opinions. Right. But one of the ones that I thought was really fantastic this year, and it just wrapped last month, was the Mr. Miracle miniseries, or math series by Tom King. Which is really great. I believe the trade is actually set to come out next month. So if you haven't read the Mr. Miracle series, next month is your chance because it'll be all collected in trade format for you. Is it going to be? How many trades is it? It's one trade. Just one trade. It should be one, but it was twelve issues, so it's going to be thick. It's going to be a standard thirty dollars trade paperback. Was it? 
just like um, a limited series, or was it just one where after 12 issues they decided, hey, we're done? It was a limited series. Oh, okay. In, in fact, I remember talking to Tom King at Awesome Con last year if there was a chance of it being a continuing. He's like, no, the story has to have an end. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> but does it? Does it? Well, I can tell you, DC has already announced the follow-up, which is not being written by him, but it is featuring all the female furies from Apocalypse. Ah. Uh-huh. So Big Barda and uh, Lashina right. and all of them. So, yeah, let's see if they can do that because I, I know when um, I was reading Booster Gold back in the day, it started out with Jeff Johns and then it transitioned to somebody else, and it was the person that took over. I can't remember off the top of my head who it was, but the first person that took over was good enough to where you know I didn't notice that Jeff had left for a couple issues. Right. So that's kind of what you're hoping for when someone else takes over. Right. So, and and my understanding is this series is supposed to kind of pick up where Mr. Miracle series left off. And then Keith Giffen took over after you know that creative team, and it went to pot. So right. So comics, what do, what do you have? Do you find anything out there for 2018 that just really uh, blew your lid? And what? Wow, this is really really well written. And you know, I I haven't been reading a lot of the newer stuff. I mean, there was some stuff that I did enjoy. Um, Batman Damned, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That, I thought that was fantastic. I mean, it's not done yet. But Book it, three but comes out March. I think yeah, it, is. It, it has it hasn't been finished yet. But I thought the art on it was fantastic. I Absolute. thought the story the on story it was good. The story is excellent. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes and how this ends. Absolutely. Um, the, oh, the art on that book is fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, it really fits with the tone of the story yeah. and everything too. Absolutely. That's yeah. something that you know, you know, is not always easy to capture. Sometimes you don't have a right artist or. A writer, you know, you get those pairings that just yeah, don't just, seem to match. Yeah, they don't have any chemistry. It seems but like, but yeah. this one really does. So mm-hmm. I, would, I would have to say that's probably been my favorite. Even though you weren't particularly crazy over it, I had did like my Archie meets Batman sixty six. <laughs> you only gave me the one though. Yeah. In all fairness. Yeah, I'll have to find the other ones. I'm, I'm in the process of moving. Yeah, so I understand. Who knows where on earth right. they are right now? Right. They're probably missing with the four key books that you Let's bought. Let's hope not. I was very much hoping that when I cleaned out my house, I would have found them. You know, you, you mentioned that, but we found in the attic a book bag. And my wife said, there's there's games in here. I was like, games? What do you mean by games? I was like, did I put any of my old D&D stuff in there? Maybe right. I put my comics in there with my old D&D stuff. Oh, right. boy, let me get in this thing. Yeah. I was getting all excited because I thought maybe, just maybe, I may have done something stupid, like put them in the attic. Right. That is stupid. Yeah. And then I opened it to find out it was a bunch of pogs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we were trying to figure out who on earth put these pogs up here. So I asked her. I was, I was like, "Honey, a bunch of pogs too. Like, it, like all my brothers, all I just they unearthed magically." And and I, well, I asked her too, Ek. I was like, "Yo, when did you buy this house?" She goes, "2001." I said, uh, and I said, "Well, pogs were at the height of their popularity in the '90s." Right. I'm like, "Yeah." I bet you whoever owned this house before you put them things up there, and they've been up there all this time. Nice. So yeah, they they weren't even. <laughs> our they didn't pack them up. They, yeah. they, it's like I'm not I'm not gonna pick them up and take them into my car. Well, yeah, I know. I threw them in the trash. I mean, yeah, they, what they, are you yeah. gonna do with them? Right. I mean, no one cares about pogs. Right. But That's yeah, like, probably the only collectible game that wasn't worth any money down yeah. the road later. But, but like Magic Gathering or Hero Clicks or anything, you found oh, the right? joke. Oh, yeah. Magic. Oh my goodness. I'm getting off the subject on that, but I I am sick about that. Back in the day when Magic was first around. I had an opportunity to buy a Black Lotus for like 300 bucks, and I was like, no, that's too much money. It's ridiculous. Yeah, those, yeah. Some of those graded ones in higher grades yeah. go for like 10 grand right. now. You for don't those, have any idea yeah. how much I kick myself for not for buying those that. Who don't know, Magic the Gathering, the first edition, put out a card called the Black Lotus, which was basically, think of it as the Thanos snap. You played right. that card, and it was over for whoever you were playing. It was so powerful that when they did like their second or third edition, the they third. dumbed down the power of the card. Well, no, <laughs> they got rid of it. Did it take it out completely? Right. The, the, it, the, the first set was called Alpha, <coughs> followed by Beta. And Alpha and Beta both had the, the Black Lotus. But like you said, it was so overpowered that when they came out with Revised, which was the third edition, the Black Lotus wasn't in it. There, neither were any of the other cards. There was a group of cards called the Power that have been referred to as the Power Nine. Right, I remember. And, it, and it's like nine overpowered cards. And when, they, when Revised came out, they were removed and they were restricted from play where you could only oh, have yeah. one in your deck. Well, so a lot of tournaments now you can't even have the Power Nine or the Black Lotus in your deck. Yeah, and it, it was a ridiculously powered card. I don't think they really realized how a how popular it was, the game was going to get when they put it out, or b how strong it was to be able to have that out. Well, more than likely, someone made that card. <clears throat> 
And the the head of development says, "You realize how overpowered this card is? Ah, no, no one's going to play it. I mean, it's it's not going to be that popular a game." And then yeah, but you uh, have no six idea. Six months later, yeah, <clears throat> you have no idea how much I wish I paid three hundred bucks for that back in the nineties. Right. right. Yeah, that that's that's one of my biggest collecting regrets, right there. Because you're right; those things are going for five figures now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I probably could have helped finance my wedding with one of those cars. Yeah, but pogs, no. Oh, it's like a bag full of pogs. <laughs> what on earth? So, a couple. Of, so it's very much like 2018. I just, I just had this vision of Thomas opening his backpack, finding his pogs, and going, "Damn it!" Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Did I mean, you even look through them? It's, it's, no, I didn't even look. I'm like they're pogs. No one gives a damn about these things. I threw them out. But you know, there was a part of me that would have been, you know, if I had found them in there, I would have been really upset because you know, spending a year in a, a couple, like four years in a hot attic, probably isn't very good for those. Yeah. For those, yeah. but it, you know. Even if they were ruined, at least I knew where they were. True. And listeners, for those of you who are, are, who are wondering, <coughs> the comics that are missing are Avengers 4, Giant Size X-Men 1, uh, Captain America 100, and the first appearance of the Silver Surfer. Mm. Those, yeah. are, those are the ones that, that I've, I've I misplaced. see why you want to find them. He told yeah. me those were missing, and I was over here like, I says, dude, it's just, I'm over here hurting for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, How and, do you lose those? And what, I, what I've discovered, because you know, I've, I've gone through my long boxes like five times. Wow. Because, you That's know, frustrating, Because I, I just like, they have to be in here, and I have to just be constantly overlooking them. And I'm missing other ones, too, that aren't quite as valuable. Like, uh, what was it Matt Fraction's Hawkeye run? Right. I, I, I'm missing that. I'm missing some of the Carol Danvers Mar- uh, Captain Marvel runs that I had. And I'm missing a lot of my, my Batgirls and stuff like that from now, what I had. So I'm thinking that I've somehow misplaced yep, an entire box. long box. Yeah. Are you certain that you didn't sell these things when you were funding the wedding? No, I didn't. The only thing I sold when I was funding the wedding was I I've sold my Incredible Hulk 181. He got a good. He got a good price on it too. Yeah, I got a couple grand for it. It was a seven point oh grade. I'd have told the wife the wedding's going to wait. <laughs> yeah, I got a really good price on it. So I don't know for a wedding. I guess I'd sell it. Which is what you do for love, you know. Yeah. 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 So all right, some other comics of 2018 that uh, was really notable and made a hit with fans. Actually, this one um, I don't personally read myself, but my understanding is it's really great for getting the female readers, especially the young female readers, and that is the Unstoppable Wasp. Which is apparently doing really good. Which do we know if it's Hope or Janet? It is actually Nadia Van Dyne. Oh, a third Van Dyne. And the agents of Girl, and it's actually G I R L. You know, so like it's initialed of something. I haven't read it, but apparently it's right up there with Gwenpool and that a crowd. Young, uh, this a young readers thing? Well, not so much a young reader, but it is aimed at teen girls. Okay, I would have bet. Yeah, just the agents of Girl. That just does seem like right. it would be yeah, aimed at teenage. Girls. Aimed at teenagers. Which and the, the whole reason. Which nothing's I'm, wrong with. I mean, no. it brings in the readers, you know. And that's exactly my point. While I'm personally not reading it, I'm yeah. glad to see that it's out there and that there's something for them to go to. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta hook them early. You know. Well, it is. How many times did you hear a girl saying she just can't relate to Captain America? Well, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> he's a middle-aged guy. Yeah. Right? Well, if, you, if you're going to get technical, he's more than middle-aged. He's, what, 102 yeah. or something like that? I mean, Right, exactly. And he's a military band, you know? Yeah. Another one that was really good, and I fact, I think Black Label, who's doing Batman Dan, is going to be releasing a trade collection of this as well, is Batman White Knight by Sean Murphy. I've heard good things. Oh, this was a great book. So the whole premise of this story, Madman, is the Joker actually goes sane. And he's uh, that's no fun. Well, hang on. Okay. He's working with Commissioner Gordon and Batgirl and Robin because Batman is the one who's getting a little too bloodthirsty for Gotham. And so it's kind of a role reversal thing. Interesting. Is it kind of like what what they did with the with the what was it the the Dark Knight Returns where he was sitting in Arkham Asylum, the model prisoner, right. because Batman was nowhere to be found. Right. And then suddenly Batman shows back well, up. Well, yeah. this ends up taking a twist because Harley Quinn gets involved and she's like, "I want back the pudding I used to know" type of thing. Right. So she starts taking over the city. So there's a moment where Jack Napier. And Batman team up because he needs Joker's mind to figure out what Harley's going to do and says, you know, you can't defeat her without me type. It's a really great book. So when it comes out in trade, pick it up. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one thing, again, we're getting off of 2018, but, you know, one of the things that I'm not a big Grant Morrison fan, but it was in his Arkham Asylum that he says, suggested about the Joker that maybe the Joker's not insane. Maybe he's just like hyper sane. I want to see someone make understands that story. everything that he's doing. And he's just that intelligent and that 
you know, smart that he doesn't that he's good enough to make himself look that way. I suppose so. I well, I, I thought it was possible. an interesting concept, yeah. you know. So if we're going to best of twenty eighteen, then that is going to for me bring up the whole Batman run of the wedding mm-hmm. by Tom King, particularly not so much oh, this issue, was controversial. Not so much issue fifty itself, but the issues before that, forty eight and forty nine, where Catwoman and Joker are having it out in a church mm-hmm. about their wedding. And there's a part where they have both uh, mortally wounded each other, and they're laying there on the floor holding their bleeding wounds because they know that if I let this go to fight you, I'm going to die. So they're both basically bleeding out, and they're holding themselves together. Right. And there's a such a, a clear moment of looseness in the Joker where he's basically telling her, he can't marry you. He can't be happy. Don't you understand? If he's happy, then my reason for being is gone. And it's just a, a really wow moment. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see stuff like that out of the Joker every once in a while where he's right. just, you know, completely clear. There was a, a – I don't even remember which one it is. It's in one of my long boxes somewhere where he, he did this thing where he took over a, a, a game show, and everyone was so worried that he was going to kill everybody, and then he didn't. Right, and it, right. it was just, just – he was just basically showing you how you how everybody reacts when they think something's wrong, and he's like, I'm not doing anything. I'm yeah. just – yeah. React to him. Yes. So on my on my uh, things of 2018 that I was really impressed with, I unfortunately readers, I am sorry it is going to readers, God, unfortunately <laughs> listeners, I'm sorry it is going to be DC and image heavy because, quite frankly, Marvel hasn't done a whole lot to impress me. Although I will say what um, Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley are doing in Amazing Spider-Man right now is really good. Also, uh, particularly the part where, if you remember, part of the whole thing with Civil War was Spider-Man revealed his identity and then. Aunt May gets shot because he revealed his identity. Right. They go the one more day thing. He sells his soul to um, Mephisto. Mephisto to have everybody forget. I didn't read that, but I hear that was one of the most one of the right up there with the clone saga. Is right. One of the most hated well, Spider-Man stories ever. Well, here's why this why this is really powerful. Why I'm bringing this up because earlier in the Spider-Man run, he has a brief um, romance with Black Cat, Felicia Hardy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Spider-Man makes this deal with Mephisto. I don't want anyone to remember who I am. Wipe everyone's memory. And he does that. In the latest issue of Spider-Man, he is teamed up with Black Cat. And there's a scene where they're sitting on the rooftop talking. And she tells him, you know, we had a relationship, this, that, and the other. And she goes, I can't remember who you are. And she tells him, I know we shared moments. I know we were in a relationship, but I can't remember you. And she's actually telling him, you know, it hurts. You know, of all the people you took it from, you took it from me. And we had something special. And what's really great is he stands up and pulls his mask off and says, I'm Peter Parker. So it's a great moment where he reveals himself again. And I know it's probably going to have repercussions down the road. Right. So, yeah, Nick Spencer, Ryan Otley on Amazing Spider-Man. I suggest picking that up if you're not reading it currently. They're doing great stuff there. Yeah, I'll have to pick up, my, have to pick up some trades then because Spider-Man was one, you know, when we did the first, uh, first episode here of Lost in Long Box, which you can find in our archives. Um, was one of those ones that I grew up on. I love me some Amazing Spider-Man. I haven't really read it in years, so maybe I'll have to check and, that out. And I will say, I was a little bit uh, leery of picking this up because Dan Slott had left the book. Now, Dan Slott, he's right up there with Brian Michael Bendis. Some people love him, some people hate him. I personally thought he was doing really great stuff on Spider-Man. He wrote it for like the last 10 years. So. Oh, wow, he's not that long. He, he was there when the whole that's One a, More Day fiasco started. That's a Claremont-esque one. Right. But a couple of the comics that had come out late of 2018 that were really good is Blackbird and Skyward, both from Image. Um, and I highly recommend picking those up. They're, in fact, I think both of those are only up to issue three or four, so you can still find them at your comic still shop. Fresh, huh? Still fresh. Skyward is a really great premise. It's basically what happened if one day the gravity on Earth just stopped. It went away. Uh, and so the opening book, you actually see the young the teenage world falls girl. Apart. Her, yes, everything is now floating up, and people are using cable lines to get themselves around. And people who have grown up with this, like this young girl in the story of Skyward, has grown accustomed to just being able to zip around the city from place to place using a, a tether line to tie herself off to something. That doesn't make any sense. And, and it's funny because now all the penthouses and the higher houses that used to be prime real estate are the slums because the people don't want to live there when you can just float off at any time. Yeah. So that, that sounds that, like an interesting concept. That's actually a really good book. Um, so I would suggest picking that up. And Blackbird is also really fantastic. Whole premise of that being is um, character in the book Nina Rodriguez has known her ever since she was young that there's 
like a secret magical society, but everybody's told her that she's crazy, it's her imagination, until she finds out that it's true. And one of those entities has now kidnapped her sister, and the wizards, so to speak, have come forward and revealed themselves to her. So that's a really good book, which, I, again, I think that's only up to issues three or four. So go to your comic shop, get those, you'll like them. And, of course, the Dark Knight Metal stuff from DC and all their tie-ins. I will freely admit that Dark Knight Metals itself wasn't all that great. It, it was Scott Snyder tends to run off the rails midway through and then kind of gets a little disjointed and he pulls it back in. But all the tie-in books were really great. So like the Batman Dawnbreaker and the Murder Machine and, and the Merciless, all those were fantastic. They just put those out in hardcover collections too, so you can get those out there. What I really love about this series is, especially if you're an old fan of DC and the whole Source Wall thing, mm -hmm. The source wall gets broken in the story. Oh, wow. So now that power has been freed. Oh, man. So you know some nasty stuff is going to come down. In fact, they're already doing it now in the new Justice League. So, Yeah, and this, this series gave us the Batman who laughs, right? Exactly. Yeah, which was... Yeah, I don't know if anyone ever saw the uh, the old silent film that uh, that the Joker was based on called The Man Who Laughs. The Man Who right. Laughs, right. But yeah, if you uh, are into silent films, you definitely should see it. That was an excellent movie. Right. And so that's that's kind of why I'm actually including this in the, the stuff that... In, really impressed me for 2018 because having read comics throughout the 80s and knowing that the source wall had held back the, the big bat on the other side right. and the fact that this now broken this out you just know something heavy is going to come down yeah yeah can't wait to see what that is yeah. so for 2019 what are we looking forward to i can tell you one that i'm looking forward to right here right now in just a couple of months Shazam. yes exactly Shazam. Shazam. oh yes most definitely Oh, I'm so, yeah, I, so ready to see that yeah. already. Oh, my God, yes. I'm a huge, huge, huge Captain Marvel fan, and I'm going to call him Captain Marvel. It does not matter to me that they're calling him Shazam. He because is the he big, is not Shazam. He is right. not Shazam. He, he is, is the Captain original Marvel. Captain Marvel. Or another acceptable phrase for him is the Big Red <laughs> Cheese. Big Red Cheese. Either big one. Red cheese, you yeah. can call him either one you want. I'm okay with both. <laughs> Captain Marvel or the Big Red Cheese. So, and I'm wondering what they're going to call, what they're going to end up calling him, because he can't really say his own name. He can't say like my name is Shazam because right, he because that. he's going to change right back. So, I'm wondering if they're actually going to call him Captain Marvel in the movie, or if they're oh, just hell no, or if they're just are you never going to mention him and his name in there? You know that movie comes out maybe a month or two months right behind the other Captain Marvel, right, right, which is a big looking forward to in 2019. Yeah, that's that what I have. Uh, the, although I will say, there's a lot of people that have been speculating that Jude Law's character is going to be Marvel and he's going to be a villain. And if that's the case, and it doesn't end up him being a scroll impersonator of Marvel, that's right. not going to make me very happy. Yeah, <laughs> because Marvel is one of my he's favorites. Original. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's one of my favorites. I have his first three appearances. Yes. Yes. One of those which was given to you by moi. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Still bragging about it. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. Say thank you. So, yeah, we, we, he, Randy's like that. So he should, yeah. tell, he should tell you about the dream he had about finding Patsy Walker in 95. That, I, was, that's, that, was, that was fantastic. Just for another, another time. Yeah, but that was fantastic. Oh, my God. So, yes. So looking forward to Shazam. Looking forward to Captain Marvel. Of course, Avengers Endgame. Endgame. That should be of great. Course. Which... I hope so. How many people are going to be sorely disappointed if that doesn't end the way we want it to end? Well, there's some things like Chris Evans is not coming back oh, as Captain America. And I can tell you that's going to stick with a lot of people. And is, is, um, is, is Robert Downey Jr. coming back as Iron Man or is he done? I, I don't know. He's supposed to be done as well, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I like Chris Evans as, um, as Captain America, but you know Sebastian Stan or um, the Falcon. What's the guy's name that plays the Falcon? No, I, I don't, I don't I remember. remember. Sebastian stands uh, is, is Bucky, right? Yeah. Okay, Winter Soldier. I can't remember the name of the of the man that plays the Falcon. I know I have my phone and my computer here. I can look it up, but I'm not <laughs> going to. Um, but either one of them would make a great Captain America in my book. You know, taking over for him. Yeah, but, yeah, pass the mantle on. Yeah, and I mean that's something that's been the precedent's been set in the uh, in the comic books. You know, Steve stepped down several times, yeah. so right. yeah. wouldn't wouldn't hurt my feelings. And I, and I know during Brubaker's run of Captain America, when he was writing uh, Bucky as Captain America, it, that was fantastic. So, you know, there's a lot to draw is on. That, is that the run where Steve became Nomad? Or that? Uh, no, when, when after uh, he had quote-unquote died. And okay. then we later gotcha. found out he hadn't died, but he'd been shot by a bullet through time and everything. Wow. Right. wow. Yeah. yeah. No, Nomad was in the 80s, right? That was Nomad was run? in the yeah. 80s okay. when, when he stepped down. Gotcha. So Actually, one... I wait, I take that back. No, Nomad was the... Was the, Early '90s? Was it the was '70s? It I want to say it was the might, '70s. Might have been '70s. I want to say it was the '70s. 
<laughs> if only there was some type of, I don't know, web page with like a, a search engine and you could punch uh, uh, in questions. Right, like that I could do on my computer right here. Uh, and it would pop up. Just and just pop you up. just closed it. Yeah, I just closed it because the battery's dying. So... I didn't plug it in. So if only we had this technology. Right, yeah. you know? Or, you know, maybe a phone that you could use that on. I don't know. Well, yeah, you know, like a phone. You could punch stuff in. But, and yeah, it would actually, actually, I take that back. I know Nomad was in the 70s because I was just reading that in, on uh, Marvel Unlimited. Gotcha. Yeah, so I know that was the 70s. Yeah, I think you're right on that. So a couple more big ones coming out. Spider-Man, Far From Home. And yeah. Mysterio is going to be the, the villain in that, right? Right. But i got to be honest head. with you, I was... Less than impressed with Spider-Man: Homecoming. So yeah, I I'm going to go see it, and I'm looking forward to it. The one thing that I'm worried about is I liked Spider-Man: Homecoming, but one of the things I liked about it the most was um, the Vulture. Yeah, Michael Keaton is the Vulture. And, that was excellent. He and, was yeah, excellent because there was there was definitely plenty of things that I didn't like about Spider-Man: Homecoming. I didn't like you know. A Flash Thompson being a mathlete instead of an athlete, right? You know, being you know a low bar for a bully in that class, right? Right. Exactly. I, I just I, I didn't like that. I mean, I, I you know Flash Thompson's always been the 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 quarterback, <laughs> yeah, that the, was jock the, the jock guy, the jock guy, classic that, jock. jock guy, and he certainly was not in this. So that's not something I particularly right. cared for. So we'll see. You know, maybe maybe I we'll see. I, I did like Tom Holland as Spider Man. I thought I think he yeah, makes he, a great Spider Man. I will give it up for Tom solid. Holland. He's a fantastic Spider Man. My problem with the movie. And, and I've said this before, it felt more like it should have been Miles Morales Spider-Man and not Peter Parker. And see, I've never read – I know who Miles Morales is and everything, but I've never actually read any of his books. So I, I didn't get that because, right. again, I, I don't know anything about Miles. But, you know. Well, it's just – it seems odd that they keep resetting Spider-Man and, yeah. and making him younger. And Aunt May keeps getting younger. To, although yeah. you could, I don't mind. I say, I don't mind Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. Yeah. I, I'll watch a movie just with her. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I, mean, I thought she made a good Aunt May. She's not the Aunt May I'm used to because I'm used to the old kind of decrepit Aunt May. But you know, it makes sense that you know if if Peter was in high school, that Aunt May would be you know probably in her fifties or so. Right. Oh, so another movie that I'm looking forward to, and I'm I'm really wanting to see this. So I guess maybe early two thousands. And like Shyamalan did Unbreakable. Right. Yes. And then Glass fall, is and then coming out. Glass is coming up. And that's just in a couple weeks. Do you want to see like that? looks like it's going to be good. Did you see, did you see um, Split? And I saw Split. That and was good. And the great thing about Split, and I know this took everybody by surprise. You had no clue that was related to Unbreakable until that very scene at the end when Bruce Willis was eating see, lunch in that it. diner. Yeah. And they tied so, it all in. That's the nice. Other, the other thing that's great about that is if you saw Split... Um, Anna Taylor-Joy, who was the heroine in Split, is also going to be in Glass as well. Mm -hmm. And she's also going to be playing Ilana Rasputin in the New Mutants movie. Oh, okay. So, so it's going to be magic. You can see a lot of her next year, and she is a beautiful girl. They're making a New Mutants movie? They are. It's gonna yes. be, it looks like it's going to be like a horror movie. It's, it's take more of a horror movie. More of a horror movie it, than it is like your standard superhero movie. It that was, might be interesting. It could be. Oh, yes. Um, I will put the trailer up on our Facebook page, but it looks really good. I can tell you it's probably going to be focusing on the whole Demon Bear storyline okay. from the first arc of New Mutants. But, yeah, they went more for a horror genre on this one. Both New Mutants and Dark Phoenix were supposed to come out last year of 2018, but were pushed back to this year for reshoots and what have you. New Mutants was specifically pushed back so they could put more horror into it. So they are straight up going for a horror superhero. Yeah, it's kind it's, of cool. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get to YouTube cool. and put it on our, our Facebook. Yeah, those, will, be the, it's, those it will probably fan. be the last two X-Men related movies that are not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, too. Right. Right. I wonder if the, you know any of those research had, reshoots had them, you know, jumping ship to oh. MCU. Uh -huh. and, you, and you'll like this because you, I think you watched Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Uh, what is her name? Wolfsbane in New Mutants is being played by Maisie Williams. Oh, yeah? So, a couple of big names in that one. So, 2019 comic book's coming out. Thomas, I thought about you when I read this one. There's going to be a new Guardians of the Galaxy book coming out this year with the Cosmic Ghost Rider, Nova, and... Are you sitting down? Hang on. My boy. Beta Ray Bill. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I read I, that, and I said, this has got Thomas all over it. I'm, I'm not really all that worried about, you know, Cosmic Ghost Rider, but... Because, you know, I, I don't like that concept. Yeah, but, all right. But... Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill will make that book all by himself. Yes, he will, because I, he's Bill, and Bill is the man. <laughs> so apparently or they're the also, horse, whichever one. Apparently Marvel is also going to be doing something with the Ghost Rider miniseries, and it's along the lines of he destroys the MCU. 
I'm curious to see what that's going to be. You know, it always feels like Ghost Rider is someone that Marvel's always really trying to push, and it just, I don't know. I think they've never done the I mean, character he, right. He had a good run in the 70s, with, you know, as far yeah. as length of series, and a good run in the 90s with, as far as length of series, but I've just never been really all that worried about that. I think they've never done, done him right. Yeah, never been, it's never been a character. And that's another one that we should have talked about when, when it, when, and on that show about books you need to calm the hell down on. It's yeah. the first appearance of Ghost Rider about how expensive that thing is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Cosmic Ghost Rider? No, not the well, no, that the one too. Well, the Cosmic Ghost, Ghost Rider. I'm talking about Johnny Blaze. I mean, that's a thousand dollar book on its own, and right, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I don't understand yeah. why that one's so expensive. So I'll tell you something coming out next year from Marvel that I'm actually kind of looking forward to. They're going to do something called Spider-Man Life Story, mm-hmm. um, and it's actually going to be set in the '60s when he kicks off, but it's going to show him real time aging to the to the decades. Oh wow! So it's going to be like a unfolded in real time storyline. Interesting. Yeah. So that would be worth looking into. Of course, it's going to be a miniseries, obviously, because right, by the time he gets to the two thousands, he's going to be ninety years old and yeah. swinging from a web vine and kind of see what he's swinging into. Web vine. Well, it could be an ongoing yeah. series if they really wanted to really take their time with it. You know. So, also for you listeners out there who just love the events at Marvel, and if you do, I I have to be honest with you, I don't know why. But there's plenty of them coming next year. Of so course there are. Last year, they did the whole Avengers No Surrender. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this, Madman. This was... Uh, Marvel just won't learn. It was a 16-week miniseries. Week. you Yes, you heard it right. 16-week. It went over to like four or five books, I think, and it was a different part every week, and it ran 16 weeks. What? Yes. They, they are now actually doing another one, another weekly event called Avengers No Road Home. And it's going to be just like the No Surrender. It's going to be a weekly miniseries. See, the thing about it is some weekly miniseries can, um, series can work. I really, really enjoyed 52. Well, yes, but you, you knew that it was supposed to have a long-lasting effect down the road. Yeah, 52 was great. And, you know, it lasted 52 weeks. Right. So. But... But again, we knew going into that one that it was setting up a bigger storyline down the end. And, right. And so far from what I can see from Marvel, these aren't doing that. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the big things about Marvel's, a lot of Marvel's events. And, you know, they a, year, a couple of years later, they're pretty much forgotten. Right. So. They're also going to be doing, uh, and I don't pretend to understand what some of these titles are. They just, the name struck me as a bit, huh. They're doing one called Wolverine Infinity Watch. I really hope that doesn't mean Wolverine's getting the Infinity Stones because that's just going to be hell in a handbasket right there. I think they're just trying to jump on the popularity of the movies, the Infinity War and Infinity in, in Endgame and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, they're just trying to overdo it. Now, they do have one that looks like it might be pretty interesting called War of the Realms, which is going to be coming out in Thor. So that looks like it's got plenty of potential. I can see Asgard and maybe a couple of the other um, Norse gods or Greek gods or what have you getting... well. There's different realms in Asgard, right? Like the whole Thor movie, yeah, right? Yeah, so there's like the nine realms. Pretty certain that's what's going to be happening there. Yeah, you got you know, Jotunheim and yeah, Asgard. A bunch of other realms. Midgar- yeah. Midgard and, and also, Niflheim. And this has been long, long overdue. Craven the Hunter's coming back. Oh, yeah? Amazing Spider-Man 17 kicks off the hunted storyline. Has so he been dead all this time? I thought they had brought yeah, him back. He's thought... been gone, yeah. Oh, okay. So I don't know how they're bringing him back, but I can guarantee you that's going to fly right off the shelves. Voodoo. 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 Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. You remind me of the babe. What babe? Voodoo. Babe with the power. What power? Power of voodoo. Who do? Voodoo. You do. <laughs> remind me of the babe. Do what? Remind we are me? such nerds. Yes, we are. <laughs> a couple of the books that I'm... So let's flip over to the DC side for just a moment. These these two series that I'm really looking forward to to 2019, I will freely admit I'm cheating. They started in 2018, but they're going to wrap up this year. One of them is Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, I need to get caught up on that. Which has only been up to four issues, uh, but let me tell you what, the art is fantastic. And this last issue was amazing, and I'm pretty certain it's going to be another one of the things where at the end of it, some status quo is going to be shaken up. Reader, Listeners, if you're not reading Heroes in Crisis... Like I said, it's only four issues in. You need to run out to your comic shop and snag them. They are fantastic. Yeah, let me borrow them, bro. The, I'll bring them next week. The art alone is fantastic in these things. You're going to love issue four, by the way. Yeah. And then another one that looks like it's going to be really good, is, I think it's up to issue eight now, is Doomsday Clock. 
Doomsday Clock is the classic one where they're bringing the Watchmen universe into the mainstream DC universe. Right. Hasn't and that been already going on for like a year? Yeah, I think they've been trying to do it. Yeah. It got it got pushed to bi-weekly so they could keep up the quality, which I ah. understand because a lot of the artwork is very reminiscent of the original Watchmen series. And, and no big secret here because they even announced, you know, even when it started, you're basically finding out that Dr. Manhattan, when he left Watchmen, came to the DC universe, and he's the reason why everything went topsy-turvy years ago. Okay. Makes sense. So, looking forward to those. I'm looking forward to continuation of uh, Shazam. Yes. That's only, you know, you said that, I think issue two is overdue. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's been out yet. I've been looking for it. Yes. Um, we, we picked up issue one, so I hope, yeah. I hope the book isn't already experiencing some type of delay. Yeah, because I'm definitely looking forward to Shazam. As I said earlier, I'm a huge, um, huge Captain Marvel fan, and he is still <coughs> Captain Marvel or the Big Red Cheese, either one. Right. Yeah, I remember I picked up a picked up a, 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 a the Marvel Family issue at Awesome Con last year. Very happy about that. Gateway uh, Comics has a uh, Wiz 145 that I really want to pick up. It's very hard not to. I was eyeballing that oh, the other day. Wow, it's been a while since I've seen a Wiz. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's, it's, it's I had yeah. a Wiz just earlier today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, it, it's it's it, it's a book I Wiz I Comics really, is number one. <laughs> really, really, really want, but I'm trying to save that money for for Awesome Con this year. So I'm trying to be good, but it it is calling to me. So we'll see what happens. Actually, even though Wiz Comics number one is labeled number one, it's technically number two because they tried to release it. At what was it originally? Damn it! I used yeah. to know this. I used story. to know this too, but I don't remember. The original number one they were going to release was under another title, and they changed it at the last minute. So, Wiz Comics number one is actually Actually listed as number two. So I same. think it says number two on the cover. Doesn't right, it? it might. Yeah, and of course that's the first appearance of Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, which, by the way, before that movie comes out, and someone suggested this, and we should do this for all the upcoming movies for 2019. Have an episode beforehand with all the character history and things you need to know about the character type of deal. Oh, and there's a lot for, for Shazam. E- even though they'll probably have no bearing on the movie whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give you all the stuff you need to know, and then when you go to see it, well, you don't need to know all of it, but okay. Right, exactly. So before we uh, go for the evening, I want to take a quick moment here to remember those that we lost last year. Obviously, the, yeah. uh, the great Stan Lee passed away. Rest in yeah. peace, bro. Um, we also lost Steve Ditko right. last year. Another big name. Um, and I didn't know this, but this one kind of threw me when I actually went back and looked at it. We lost Margot Kidder last year of yes, Superman fame. I remember that. I do remember that. So, Yeah, yeah, a lot of big names. Not as big as Stan, but, you know. Right. Yeah. Lost. Although although Ditko, you could probably say, is probably close. Right. Well, mm-hmm. probably close? Come on. He created Spider-Man with Stan. Yeah. Did but we lose Carrie Fisher last year, too? She was two years ago. Two years ago. She was 2017. 2017. We also lost William uh, Goldman, author of Princess Bride. Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he oh, that's one of my all-time favorites. So, and I obviously didn't list all the big actors and actresses that we lost. I was primarily focusing on some of the... Uh, it's hard to talk about anybody else right, when Stan exactly. dies. Right. I mean... Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's safe to say that all three of us and most of our listeners wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for Stan at some point. Um, touching, you know, our lives, whether it be from a, a comic book we read, say, hey, who's a Stan Lee guy whose name's all over these yeah, things? Yeah, exactly. And let's face it, my most sought-after comic for 2019 is this comic written by Stan Lee. Which, are we talking about Patsy Walker 95? Of course we're talking uh-huh. about Patsy Walker <laughs> 95. That. All right, so, you know, we have a couple moments. So, Thomas and I are both after the same book, which I might point at... Tommy wouldn't be after this book if it hadn't been for me, like being an idiot and telling him about it. So now he wants it too, and I don't need the competition. So I had a dream. This is all a dream. Oh my god! That I was at a convention and I saw a comic book dealer who was already set up. And this was before the con was actually starting in a dream. It was like the day before, but this guy was already set up and ready to go. So I go over there, and I'm looking around in his booth, and he goes, "You know, is there anything particular you're looking for?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm looking for a Patsy Walker '95." Now, usually, in real life, when I ask for this book, I immediately either get, no, no I, don't have, no, I that, don't have that, or if I have it, it's going to be in this section yeah. over here. No dealer ever knows why I want yeah. this book. And then I screw up and tell them why I consider it important, and they do, huh, I want to go, great. Now yeah, somebody, now I'm going to pay more for it. Now there's somebody else looking for it. But in the dream, when I say Patsy Walker 95, he turns around to that nice little rack they always have behind their booth at the high dollar rider. Yeah, yeah. And he pulls it from the very bottom, and he sets it down on the long boxes in front of me. I'm like, oh, my God, you actually have it. And this is how perfect the dream is. 
The book is not pristine condition. It is actually a worn copy. You can tell it's been beat up a bit. Right. But at the time, I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I buying, it. It. Yeah. I'm buying this book. So I buy the book, and I give him my phone. And I says, will you do me a favor? Will you take a picture of me holding this book? Because the whole thing in the dream is, I'm going to send Tommy the picture. Go, hey, look, man, I found one. Yeah. So I tell Tommy this, and he tells me, I love how even in the dream, you're still rubbing it in. <laughs> yeah, even in the dream. Even in the dream, we're still rubbing stuff in. Uh, that's just how he rolls. Like exactly. That. So that is it uh, for the first episode for 2019. So until next time, we're going to be down here. Oh, man. The Archie section collapsed on Madman again. Thomas, help me get him out. <laughs> <laughs> He's lost in the long box. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>